0: And to uh, emphasize something that I, is always important, but as we are beginning a, a full new year, and with lots of uh, dreams, hopefully, you're setting goals, you're setting visions, right? And uh, really what you're doing is you're defining your hope. Remember, your hope is your scope. It's your aim, what you're aiming at. And then faith's job is to give substance to that which you hope for. So, see, that's the importance of hope. If you don't hope for something biblical, amen, then your faith has nothing to give substance to. Right. So you have to get out of this vague, misty, undefined, unspecific life. Right. Some people, are they, they've talked themselves into that kind of thinking and living because they don't want to miss God. Well, listen, one surefire way to really miss God is to not aim at something. To not go somewhere. And people are, there is really, It's really becomes an excuse in their life that they're so fearful of missing it or taking a wrong turn or missing it, as if you've never done that before. As if God's not big enough to redirect you and help you out. So that we just sit here because we think we're safe if we sit here. You're not safe sitting still. When God's called you, To accomplish things and to go places. Now, I understand seasons of waiting on God. I understand seasons of being still, but that shouldn't be your decade. Come on, that shouldn't be your your just mode of life. No, God's a God of action. He moves in human movement. Because really, without action, without movement, faith is just theoretical. Because we're never stepping out on something where we're going to have to really have Him show up in real time to help us. And you're really never going to know the joys and the adventure and the surety, the faithfulness of God's Word until you do. Until you hear from Him. Even if it's just, and I don't mean to diminish that by saying even just, but I mean just taking the written promise of God and I'm going that way. You know, it's a life-changing, it's a destiny-altering thing the first time a new Christian tithes. Amen? Because, and a lot of times, because they haven't been tithed, they haven't done it, they got financial issues. they got financial problems. And they probably don't have it in their budget to give the first and best 10% of their income to God. But the Word tells us to do it. So what do you do? You take that commandment, you take that instruction and your faith and your honor for God, and you... Take that step. Are you awake? Wow, sorry about that. Uh, Yeah, it's just because of where my mic is. Uh, Anyway, I'll be more careful. And uh, so anyway, do you see what I mean? We have to act on the word. God is not going to fill your barn like he promises to do for the tither until you tithe. We have to go first. We go first. And to and to, to insist that God goes first is a lack of faith. Right? Amen. So, look here in Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 9. Uh, praise God. It says, a man's heart, a person's heart or spirit, their insides, right, devises, that's my King James, his way. Devises his way. But what happens? The Lord directs his step. When does God direct The man steps. As the man has already planned his way. So do you see here, there is a dynamic. There's always this wonderful dynamic. I'm working with God, and God is working with me. Some people will say, well, I'm waiting on God to give me the plan. And God is in heaven saying, I'm waiting on you to make one. Of course, consulting him, praying to him. Being led by the Spirit best you can. But do you know that God authorizes you in many things. God authorizes you to make a plan. God authorizes so many things in your life, uh, praise God, that He will get in and He will bless. And if it's off, if it's not going to fit with His ultimate goal for you, He will direct your steps Notice, God gets involved in directing steps, not idleness. Right. Amen. Hallelujah. We'd never be here if we just sat in Jackson and never took any move, never made any movement, never made any steps, never made any action. We just, we'd still be there. That was at 2004, 16 years later confessing, Father, I thank you for $3 million for the building. We'd still be there and the money wouldn't come. But when we made steps, God moved in the steps. This is why Brother Hagin would make the statement, it's easier to steer a moving car than a parked car. You ever tried that? (laughs) Amen. Especially in a vehicle that didn't have power steering. You're not going to move those tires. Mm -mm Mm-mm-mm right so i want you to see here that it is up to us going into 2021 to make some plans not in a carnal way not in a me and my way with a heart that wants what god wants right you got to you really want what god wants and you you take time to pray and to wait in his presence and you're in his word and so you're becoming familiar with his overall plans and his general will and things like that. Amen? But you will not get to... Uh, if you didn't like, you know, how you know beginning of 2020 and how you ended 2020, it's going to be the same old rigmarole in 2021 if you don't designate a better, higher, more prosperous, more healthy, wonderful, fruitful place that you want to go, know what that looks like in your heart and set out every day to go that way. That person that does that consistently over the course of a year is going to be somewhere that he wasn't at the beginning of the year. Listen, we're really missing it in in one area that we don't judge our own fruit or lack thereof. We just want to float through life. We just want to, I've heard Pastor Nancy, my pastor, make this statement many times in recent services that uh, she admonishing Christians to don't live your life on autopilot. Get up every day and what's on the plate today? Get up every day and we'll just deal with what comes. You're going to end up living a whole life never gone, going where God wanted you to go. And you'll get to the end going, how did I end up here? You floated there. You wandered there. You autopiloted yourself there. We have to think. And we have to be willing to measure our own fruit. What do I mean? Well, take the last three years of your life. Amen. And look at how much income came in. How much supply came into your life. Are you treading water? you going down? Or are things... God is a God of increase. God's a God of increase. Is He not? I don't have time to take those... You know that around here. God is a God of increase. God is a God of expansion. God is a God, right? Well, could you tell me... Do you know enough about the details of your own life to tell me... Whether or not you're treading water, falling behind, or actually going somewhere in that one area. Are you measuring the fruit of your marriage, married couples? Or are you just... Some people get divorce papers served to them like that. And they're just shocked. They are just blown away. They thought everything was fine. They thought everything was wonderful. Evidently, they, they weren't paying attention enough, right. tending to that relationship enough to even know that there's problems. Uh-huh. Right. Amen. Praise God. We need we need every key area of our life. We should be measuring. How is your health? Your health year over year. It's exact opposite than how the world portrays it. The world expects, with every passing year, for the health to decline and to diminish. But the more we learn about God and how to walk in His ways and walk in love and keep our tongues and obey God and use the right words and be good stewards of our bodies, come on, our health should be improving year over year. So, take a three-year stock of your health. How much of the last three years have you been sick? How many church services have you missed? Because of how many work days have you missed because of sickness and disease? Just rate your overall well-being and health. Are you on more medication? Nothing. And here's the thing, here's why people don't do it, and it's why many preachers won't even suggest this, is because people get into this condemnation. <laughs> oh, dear, I'm just, oh, I know, Pastor, I, it's so bad, I just can't look at it. One of the great leadership um, success principles is confront the brutal facts. You're never going to fix anything until you confront the brutal facts. You may not want to look at your debt. You may not want to look at what your interest payments are. You may not want to look at those uh, financial statistics. But you're never going to right the ship until you confront the brutal facts husbands and wives, you need to go to your spouse periodically. Amen. And and you need to say, I want the brutal facts in your head and in your experience. What kind of spouse am I? Instead of just judging yourself to be Mr. and Mrs. America in the marriage arena, when you're probably not that. Y'all are sure being (laughs) tranquil and quiet on me tonight. Amen. Amen. I'm saying this is why people come to, even to a good church, a Bible-based church, a Holy Ghost church where the Word is being preached, nothing changes. Right. Because all they're doing is coming to hear a good Word and say amen and wave a Pentecostal hanky, feel good about themselves for a minute or two, and then they leave and they go back to autopilot. They're just so busy, they're just going. And, and you end, people end up living Monday to Friday and just trying to pay the next bill and get to the next thing. And that's how you end up way down the road of life, having missed the entire will of God. So, sweetheart, you need to be able to introspectively and honestly and soberly look at your life, measure your Christian life, measure your natural life, measure your fruit, and without getting into a pity party and beating yourself up and needing... Positive, you know, counseling. You you know, you need five phone calls with Oprah to build yourself back up again. Come on. God loves you. I love you. There's forgiveness. There's mercy. Come on. Amen. Amen. Throw off all of that junk you ought to be done with. And just in the light of what are the facts. So that you can then stop blaming everything and everyone and actually, be able to say, "Father, I should be further along financially. I should, I should, be given more to my church." Three years in, I have been under my pastor's ministry for three years, and I've actually given. And look at the statistics and say, "I've actually given less this year than I did three years ago." What is up? And God might actually go, "I'm glad you asked. Let me tell you. Have you gone to God in just an honest, Father, you're my Father." Why am I sick all the time? Or is that, you know, why am I tired all the time? Why am I weak all the time? And he might just say, I have been waiting on you to ask. And he might say, number one, and he might just get, yeah, and I, who knows what that might be? Could be spiritual. Could be a lot of it's mental, the way we're thinking. He could be, a, he might address our talk. He might say, well, you know, you drink too much Diet Coke, sister. You know, whatever, he, whatever he'll tell you. But if you'll, if you'll ask the question and hear the answer, your life will change. Your life will change. Do you want your life to change? I want my life to change. Amen. So at the beginning of this year, it's just such a wonderful time to take stock of our lives. How is my prayer life? Am I, am I walking in greater revelation of God's Word than I have been? How is my church life? Am I bringing the proper supply to my local church and to the vision or if I let things get in the way? Right? And just just... Take a a little blocks of time over the next whatever period of however long you got to do it to figure it out. And then what will happen on the other side is you'll be able to look at all those major areas of your life and you'll say, okay, well, praise God. I have, God's blessed me, all my bills are paid, but uh, you know what? I I haven't had any increase here. I'm going to step up my sewing and my saying and my, and now you've got something to put on the Cody Top 10. Right? And, you'll do, and then you'll look at your health. Well, I just I, I haven't been meditating in the scriptures. I haven't been taking very good care of myself. It's starting to show up in my weight, my lack of strength, I, sickness and disease that comes along. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get in the word. I'm going to have me some healing scriptures and I'm going to begin to have the, my goal in 2021, top 10 number two, have the healthiest, strongest year of my life physically and have a couple and then begin to believe for that. See, I'm, I felt impressed to do this because I don't want you to be behind or out of place or waste a service on Sunday because you're supposed to have some things ready. How come I need a deadline? Well, because I know we're all human, and if we don't kind of push you toward a deadline, you'll never get anything done. And I won't either. Amen? Okay. Well, Dale, thank you for the amen. Cynthia, thank you for the amen. You guys sit in the front row next, all right? Praise God. Y'all help us out some more. <laughs> Amen. So go over now to Romans. And uh, once we do all of this and we have a vision, we have a plan, we've consulted with God, we've, we've kind of gotten a, a good idea of all the, the major uh, areas of our, of our life that matter to us. You know, one of the things I have enjoyed all these years that I want to enjoy again in 2021 is divine protection. Divine protection. Every year that goes by, that's going to be more valuable, right? That's going to be more important on the list. Well, if you put it on your saying list with a couple of divine protection scriptures, it will keep that before you. Amen. Praise God. So, with the last bit of time I have here tonight, I wanted to rehearse with you once we have the list, once we have the goals, once we have this scripture. What are we going to spend the bulk of our year doing? Well, yeah, we're going to spend the bulk of the year on our side. We're not just going to have the list and go, there it is, God. And uh, I'm going to go back to floating through life. And just hope, hoping and praying and wishing that when we get to December 31st, 2021, that something good will have happened. No, we have a part to play in bringing things to pass. God wants to do miracles, signs, wonders, blow our minds exceedingly, abundantly above. Come on, right? But we have a part to play. Well, what is that part? Well, this is, I just want to highlight before we go, one of the primary flows of faith that so few Christians understand or practice. And that is the method, the primary method God Himself uses to bring things into existence that are currently not in existence and because we are created in the likeness and image of God we're invited to live just like that we are God will do it but he uses us our cooperation to bring things that are not right now manifest they're not right now in the natural they're not right now in existence but you and I and God want them to be Well, when God wants something that's not in the natural realm, into the natural realm, what does He do? What is His method? What is His way? He says it. Or more specifically, He calls those things that be not as though they were. So let's read this here in Romans four seventeen, And see, this is how you're going to spend a little bit of time Every single day, come on, with your top 10, with your saying list, calling what is not manifest on that list, calling it as if it was manifest until it manifests. And if it's a finite thing or goal, and when it manifests, it shows up, glory to God, scratch it off the list. Let pastor know and let's have a testimony. Amen. Y'all listening to me out there? Praise God. Okay. So in Romans four seventeen, we have this verse. It says, as it is written, I have made thee. This is what's written about what God said to a man named Abram. Now notice the tense. I have made thee or made you a father of many nations. You know, when God said you are a father of many nations, <laughs> Abram didn't even have one baby. He didn't have one son. Up to that point, he's 75 years old when God started this conversation with him. Not a young man. And it looks like his branch of the family tree is going to die with him. He's childless. And God shows up and says, I have made you the father of many nations. Or his name, Abraham, Abraham, right? Abraham means the father of many nations or the father of a multitude. God didn't start calling him that after Isaac was born. He said it before. This is what faith does. This is God's way. He calls those things which be not as though they were. So he looks at Abraham, who's childless and old and getting older every day, and says, you are, I have made you, the father of me. See, God is working a method on him. But he, to really make it happen, even though God is God, he needed Abraham to cooperate with that. He needed Abraham to get this miracle for Abraham to actually become what God destined him to be. He needed Abraham to get on board with God's method and to call himself, to believe himself when he wasn't what God said he was. And that's, what, that's how you're going to get your healing your healing is not manifest it's not right so how, what are you supposed to do then call those things which be not which would be your healing call it what call it as though it was so when you are in pain you're not supposed now people get confused here they go they while they're racked with pain someone says are you in pain and they go no No, that's denying what is. That's not faith. Faith is not denying what is. So the doctor comes in and says, you got leukemia. No, I don't. You have leukemia, the blood, here's the blood. No, I don't. That's not faith. That's not a good confession. A lot of people think it is. A lot of people have done that. They're confused. This verse does not say deny what is. It says, call those things which be not, the good thing that be not, call it as if it was. May seem like a fine line, but you got to get this. It's not a bad conveyance. If I come up and said, Mom, you look like you're in pain. No, I'm not. Don't speak that over me. No, that, that you're trying to deny, thinking you're in faith, What is? So let's just say, like I had dealt with much of uh, you know, last year, uh, just fatigue, fatigue, like what was just chronic fatigue. I tell you, I told my wife today, I, I forgot. I must have forgot what it felt like to feel good, because I can't. I feel so good, I didn't think you could feel. It. I forgot what it was like to feel good. I'm having to get reacquainted with this new life that I have. I'm feeling good, but back then I was feeling just weak. And I couldn't get enough rest. And I'm just exhausted all the time. Right? Well, it's not faith to say, I'm not weak. That's not faith. What faith calls for is to call what is not as though it was. So, for example, in you don't have to turn there, but in Joel chapter 3, verse 10, the last phrase in that verse says... Let the weak say, it did not say, let the weak say, I'm not weak. That's not what it says. The instruction in Joel chapter 3, verse 10 is, let the weak say, I am strong. That is calling the positive thing that isn't as though it was. That is God's way. That is faith. That is a confession of faith. And don't... Here's where we make our biggest mistake. Christians, Christians just tell it like it... Well, I'm not doing that. That's just like lying. He's just telling me to lie. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to be honest. I just tell it like it is. That's not, what God, that's not what God says to do. God doesn't say, tell it like it is. He says, tell it like you want it to be. Every time we... Tell it like it is. We are just enforcing and prophesying. We're, we're fueling that thing to stay like that. So if I just got in this mode and all I say, Man, I'm so weak. I am, Honey, I am just tired all the time. I'm just so exhausted. I can't figure out why I'm so exhausted. Well, there's probably reasons, but one of the reasons, if I just keep saying that, right. then I'm not calling those things which be not as though they were. I'm calling those things that be as though they be. Is anyone getting this? God. So when God in the beginning, my wife's got such good teaching and revelation on this, back in Genesis chapter 1, we're not going there either. But when God wanted to re-inhabit the earth for man, what he found was he found the earth in, in complete darkness. Desolate, wasteland, confused. And when he saw the darkness, notice what God did not do. He did not go, man, it's dark down there. It sure is dark. It looks like it's getting darker. It couldn't be more dark. That is not what God said. Here's another thing God did not do. He did not go, it's not dark. He didn't look at the dark world and go, it's not dark. And there's Christians that do that. They want to say, they got a pile of debts this long, this this high. And they want to say, I'm not in debt. Yes, you are. You owe everybody in the county. And to deny that would be lying. What's faith in, Pastor? Get on the positive side and call it the way you want it to be. I call for the supply that pays all these bills. My God meets all my needs according to His riches and glory. By Christ Jesus. Bills, I call you paid. See, they're not paid. But you call them paid. How long do I have to do that, pastor? Until it's paid. Until what you're calling for shows up. I think you're getting it. But Christians get weird. They can get weird in this area. Right? Right? And they want to say stuff like, I have a million dollars in my account, and then go write a check on it. No, that's called breaking the law. Yeah. That's called breaking the law. Or racking up their credit card and then saying, I don't have credit card debt. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't have credit card debt. I'm a faith man. No, you go into jail and you, got, you just ruined your credit and your good reputation, and you hurt the witness of Jesus all in the process. Right. You have to get this straight. The method that you bring non existent things into existence is to call what is not as though it was. So take the, my situation with the chronic weakness, right? And being exhausted all the time. What did the Bible tell me to do? Let the weak see that's what is. But I don't want that. I want what isn't. So I say. I am strong. When your body is saying, go to bed. This is what faith does. This is how God works. When God saw the darkness, what did he say? Light be. He called for it. Now we do this all the time. If you have pets, you do this all the time. Right? Now usually, we don't have to do this with our dogs. Because they don't have a watch, but they can tell time. They can tell time. Morning or night, they know when 4 p.m. is. The horses know. The dogs know. The cats know when it's 4 p.m. And they have no clock and they can't read a watch face. Right? But on the occasion where I step outside, the door opens, and I step outside with the scoop. Well, the dog is not there. Do we just start crying? The dog is not here. Oh, the dog. Is that what we say? The dog is not here. Oh, the dog is not here. I just wish that. How come God doesn't make the dog be here? What do we do? We call for the dog. The dog be. It's just outside of our sight. It's not that the dog isn't. I just can't see him. So I say, moses and here he comes right and if i keep calling i keep calling till when till the dog shows up see we know this in the natural no one calls that which is as though it is at the food bowl nobody stands at the cat dish going i wish layla was here why isn't layla here it's just so. T- Layla is never here. <laughs> we don't do that. We go, Layla, kitty, kitty, Layla, Layla. And here she comes. Isn't that amazing when we call? This is the way it is in the natural. What is it that's on your list? Your job throughout the year until it shows up Amen. is to call for it. Yes. Call for it. Maybe you've lost that love and feeling for your spouse. Don't talk like that. Don't say, I just don't love him anymore. I just don't know. It's just never getting any better. I just, you know, don't say that. If you want a hot, thriving, passionate marriage and it's not, what should you say? Thank you, Father. You're working in my life. You're working in my husband, my spouse, my wife's life. Our our marriage is hot. Our marriage is passionate. I thank you, Father God. I'm enjoying the wife of my youth. Glory to God. That's what you say. Wouldn't that be? What faith would do. Amen. So, I th- probably the last place, because time's getting away from us. Go to Psalm um, 107. So, everything that is negative in your life, that you want changed, find a scripture that promises you that change. And then based on the authority of that scripture, call it the way you want it until it shows up the way you want it. So we have to resist this right now. It it looks like a new administration that is high regulation, high tax, tax you till you die kind of mentality may come in. Don't start saying, what are we going to do? How are we going to pay our bills? Oh, we're going to have to cut back on our business. We're going to have to, you know, this could really, this could really be bad. You're, you're speaking. You're speaking. I've already been saying, this shall not affect me. I have a supply. If taxes go up, I have a su- my supply goes up. My God meets all my needs. This won't affect church, won't affect daycare, won't affect me one bit. We're an overcomer. See, I don't like it, but whatever I have to deal with, There's a promise in the Word, and I'm going to call it the way I want it. You see, what is worry? Worry is calling those things which be not as though they were on the negative side. That's what worry is. And then something bad shows up, and some unskillful Christian goes, See, I told you so. See, people don't have any problem working this call those things which be not principle as though it was on the negative side. But then they think we're cultish weird if we do it with God's Word. Yeah. When it's exactly God's program, it's way the way He does things. This is good. Alright? Because it's God and it's good and it's going to help us. Amen? So look at Psalm. Praise God. Verse 1 and 2. The psalmist said, oh, give thanks unto the Lord. Now, let me stop and just say, you know, I'm not perfect in this thing. Because even through all this whole mess, I have caught myself saying stuff I ought not say. Watching too much TV. Listening too much news. And it just flat affect my mind. I had one night, I just flipped out. I flipped out, I just really did. I must confess, I pulled out all my weapons I did. I marched through the house. I'm a man of war. I'm getting ready. <laughs> I've got them all oiled up, greased up. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But, the, the, you know, it's fine to have your, you know, your equipment maintained. That's no problem. But what was coming at them, I had to repent to my wife and to mom and everybody the next day. I said, I'm sorry. That was not faith. You know, I just was upset. <laughs> just lest you think I think I'm just ultra perfect at, but we have to work on ourselves. What did I do? I said, Well, I said, Father, I'm sorry. Forgive me. Amen. I'm getting back over here in the faith arena where I win. See, that's where believers are going to win. We're not going to win because we have the right man or woman in a political office. We're going to win because we have faith. We're going to win. We're going to win because we're spiritually skillful. That's what's going to make us win. Amen. You know, the Bible says when Jesus comes back, he said, will I find faith on the earth? When he comes back, amen, to catch me away. I want him to find faith in my mouth and in my heart. How about you? All right, we're trying to finish this. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. For his mercy endures forever. Then what is the instruction? Let... The redeemed of the Lord say so. So the principle in the illustration I gave about chronically weak, being exhausted all the time, Joel 3.10 speaks to that. Let the weak say, I am strong. Amen. Well, the same principle applies, according to this verse, to every aspect of your redemption. You're redeemed to have a sound mind. You should not say I'm losing my mind. I feel like I'm going crazy. No. Because we're redeemed from, not having a, from having an unsound mind. We're redeemed from poverty. That's a whole other teaching. You should have been in my class. But anyway. We're redeemed from poverty. We are redeemed from tragedies and accidents. We're redeemed from evil. Every form of evil, we're redeemed from that. We are redeemed from sickness, disease, weakness, and pain. So every, according to this verse, what did it say? Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. So the key is throughout 2021, talk your redemption. Don't say... I have diabetes. Now, you don't have to deny that. You don't, you don't say, I don't have diabetes. But you don't walk around going, I have diabetes. Right. You walk around and you call your pancreas healthy and whole. You call for what you want. You are redeemed from that disease and every disease. I've been, and I'm, I'm, I would say I'm about 98% pain free. One of the greatest and the lasting areas was I, I had arthritic type pain in these Thumbs to the point where I am trying to close, where I would wince at the thought of having to grab a pen to write because it, it hurt so bad. Okay? And not, I'd say 98%. Right? But what I, I, what I did was I started to say, Thank you, Father. I am redeemed from arthritis and inflammation. I am redeemed from pain. So I thank you that my thumbs, my joints, are healed and pain free. See, I'm talking what isn't right. Then, that's not my experience in the natural. But I'm speak. I'm calling for what belongs to me in the unseen realm, in the promise of God. And I'm calling my joints pain free. And it hasn't happened overnight. This is a how come it hadn't come yet. How come? Listen, you have to stay with it. Because a lot of times when you start calling that thing which be not, you don't really believe it in your heart. And that's okay. Keep saying it. Faith comes by hearing. Write that image of healing or prosperity or victory or peace or a sound mind or a good on your heart and just keep calling for it until it shows up. Eventually, it's gonna re- all that saying, all that calling is going to register on your heart. And when you say it then... It will come to pass. But you have to stay with it. You have to stay with it. Listen, if it takes you all of 2021, amen, what if you got to the end of the year and that mountain that's in your way right now, you can't find it at the end of the year. Even if it took you saying it every day, wouldn't it be worth it? The mountain of that problem, the mountain of that unpaid bill, the mountain of that lack of money, that mountain of that tormented mind, whatever it is that's bothered you. I'm telling you, as I last statement here, you close your Bibles, that whatever time it would take you to do this that we've talked about tonight, take stock, take an on inventory, set some specific goals, look up those scriptures, do some study for yourself, be ready for Sunday morning. Whatever time that's going to, it will serve you well. It can change your life. Amen. Amen. Let the redeemed of the Lord complain? No. Talk about what is? No. Let the redeemed of the Lord say that they are redeemed from everything He redeemed us from. Amen. Well, you could stand up tonight. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Praise God. Are you happy? Come on, let's be happy.